Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. That's all right, brother. We'll clean you off. Amen. Our God is great and greatly to be praised. Amen. Amen. Can we give the worship team another hand? Thank you so much for coming out. Some of these guys are at other churches and they've given up their time and energies and talents to be here with us today. And there's some of their families here. So I just really want to say we appreciate you giving of your time and talent and energy, okay? I'm never hot, but this morning I'm burning up. <laughs> as if you know, I sit on top of a heater all the time, but I'm just hot as I can be. All right. Well, it is a privilege and an honor to stand before you this morning. Uh, this is a place that my brother stands, and I feel a little, a little odd standing here this morning uh, just because this is a place that he feels. But I am honored uh, to, to be before you and to bring God's word to you this morning. Um, for a few minutes, we're going to take a look at the silence of God. And when I was praying, um, Pastor Kevin came to me about six weeks ago, and he said, uh, Tina and Kevin and Daryl and I are going to be out of town. Would you like to preach? And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> and so I began to pray about, Lord, what is it that you would have me bring to the people? What is it that uh, you want to say to them? Because uh, I don't take doing this lightly by no means. And... Um, so I began to um, put a sermon together, and I got it about three-fourths of the way done, and it just wasn't flowing and wasn't working. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, is this you telling me I need to go in a different direction? Is this the enemy fighting me on it, or what is it? So I sat in my bed last Saturday night, and just was like, God, what, what do I need to do here? And I felt like that the Lord was leading me into a topic called the silence of God. And so for a few minutes, we're going to talk about that, and there's three specific things that I want to bring forth. The first thing is why God seems silent. The next is where his silence can lead us. And the third is how should we respond to his silence. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we still our hearts before your throne of grace. God, worship has been tremendous and you have touched us with your presence through worship this morning. And God, we thank you for that. And God, I thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our pathway. God, it illuminates the darkness. God, and we can walk through because of your strength and your power. God, I pray for each and every heart that is here this morning. God, that they will leave encouraged by your word. God, I pray, um, God, that they can grab a hold of something that is said either through worship or through your word this morning that they can take with them. God, your word is, uh, it says, it does not return void, but it accomplishes what you have set it out to accomplish in our hearts and in our lives. And God, I pray that over this people this morning. God, I pray, uh, Lord, that you will anoint each and everything that I say and do this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right, so we're talking about the silence of God. And there are so many times that we pray and we seek the Lord for revelation. There are things going on in our lives um, we ask him to speak to us. We want him to show us directions. Um, and we just frankly want answers from him. And just like ourselves, 
There are many people in the Bible that has gone through and have gone through situations like that. And we're going to take our text from Psalms 22, 1 and 2, and then we're going to look at Psalms 102, 1 through 7. And I'm going to read through the Living Bible, or out of the Living Bible, not through it, we'd be here all day. <laughs> but I'm going, to read, I'm going to read out of the Living Bible for Psalm 22, 1 through 2. Okay, and I want you to just take a moment, and I want you to really listen to the words of David. I know sometimes we just kind of read through Scripture and we go on, but I believe David uh, in these words are resembling sometimes what our heart feels and what our heart says. So Psalm 22, 1 through 2, David begins to write, and he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why do you refuse to help me or even listen to my groans? Day and night I keep on weeping, crying for your help, but there is no reply. Psalm 102, 1 through 7, it reads like this. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my plea. Do not turn away from me during this time of distress. Bend down your ear and give me a quick answer, for my days disappear like smoke. My health is broken. My heart is sick. It is trampled like grass, and it is withered. My food is tasteless, and I have lost my appetite. I am reduced to skin and bones because of all of my groanings and despair. I am like a vulture in a far-off wilderness, or like an owl alone in the desert. I lay awake, lonely, as a solitary sparrow on the roof. Like the psalmist, there are times in our lives that we are going to experience trials, we're going to experience persecutions, and I think all of us um, have gone through that sometime and some point in our lives. We pray in the midst of those, and it seems like God has rejected us. He's a million miles away, that the enemy seems to be so victorious over us. It seems that God is very, very distant. The silence of God are those moments in in our lives in which God seems not to be at work at all. He even seems not to be interested in what's happening. And at times we feel abandoned, maybe by God. Maybe we feel unloved by God. Maybe sometimes we might even feel rejected by God in those times of silence. Understanding God's silence isn't easy, and, and I got to thinking about this, and I thought, why, why isn't it easy? And I think it's because we have a natural tendency to interpret silence as indifference. In our lives, sometimes people become silent because they get angry with us. You know, something happens, they don't like what we've said, they get angry, and they just tune us out. Sometimes they've disagreed with us. Sometimes they just... It's just who they are. They just, frankly, they just tune us out. May I ask you a question? When that happens, um, how does this make us feel? When we have a loved one, somebody that we care about, a friend, neighbor, they become silent toward us. To me, I've had that happen more than once in my life. And sometimes we get uneasy, sometimes we get anxious, sometimes we even get angry, sometimes we get very, very frustrated because somebody has tuned us out, because there's a silence toward us. And a lot of times we can't fully understand God's silence because we view that through our flesh. 
we view that through the experiences that we have had here on this earth. We have these lenses that we wear because this is what we've experienced. You know, but like David, there are times that we weep and that we groan before the face of the Lord because he does seem like he's afar off. I think part of our understanding the silence of God is to look at maybe why God is silent. The first thing that I want to bring to your attention, that there are times that God is silent because there's sin in our lives. Sin hinders our prayers before the Lord. Psalm 66, 18 reads, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord's not going to hear me. Sin withholds our blessing from God. Jeremiah 3, 3 states, And yet you say to me, O Father, you have always been my friend. Surely you won't be angry with such a little thing. Surely you will just forget it. So you talk and you keep on doing the evil. Sin destroys our fellowship with God. Isaiah 59, 2 reads, But the trouble is that your sins have cut you off from God. Because of sin, he has turned his face away from you and will not listen anymore. The second reason that God maybe seems silent in your life is because he's trying to get your attention. How many of us, and don't raise your hand, but how many of us may be on and off Christians? And what I mean by that is that when adversity comes, when trials come, we run to God, we fall on our face, we begin to pray fervently before the Lord because we want answers, we want direction, we want him to move in our lives. But then when things begin good and things happen and things are looking up, we tend to not be in church, we tend not to pray, we tend not to seek his face, we tend not to read the word. You know, God doesn't desire that kind of relationship with us. He doesn't want that on and off relationship with us. So sometimes God may be silent because he's trying to get your attention. He's trying to move you into a more intimate relationship with him. He wants fellowship with you. He desires that fellowship with you. And we can see throughout the Old Testament how that the Israelites, they wandered from God. I mean, that's all through the Old Testament. And God would speak to the prophets and God would show his love and compassion and speak words of truth to them, and the Israelites would come back, and it was an on-and-off relationship. But God desired relationship. God was patient with them, just like he is with us. But sometimes the reason is God is silent is because he wants to wake you up. He's trying to get your attention. The next thing, the third point on this, God is silent because he's using his silence to mature us. One way our spiritual maturity can be characterized is about, uh, by our unwillingness to wait on the Lord. How many of us like to wait on anything? We live in such a fast-paced society. We have drive-through everything's imaginable in our lives, pretty much, and we don't we don't wait. We don't like to wait. We don't want to wait. We are a very impatient people. And for the Lord to mature us, sometimes he calls us to a time of waiting. You know, and some of you have had kids. I've had two. 
And so when my little kids were just tiny little babies and I brought them home from the hospital, they cried and screamed and hollered at me. And I loved them, but they cried and screamed and hollered at me. Why? Because they had a need. They needed to be fed. They needed to be changed. Whatever it was, they were demanding my attention, right? And those of you who are parents, it's happened. Your kids demand your attention sometimes. <laughs> All right. I got a name in this morning. I'm so happy. So sadly, okay, we as believers act like that sometimes. We act like little babies and we cry and we scream at the Lord because we want, a, we want his answer. We want an answer now. And we almost go before him demanding that answer. But we forget one thing. He's God. We're not. He's God and we're not. The ability to wait patiently on the Lord is an invaluable trait that God desires to develop in us. Psalm 145, 15, and 16 reads like this. My eyes wait for you, and you give me food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy me with favor. Psalm 62, 1 and 2 reads like this. I stand silently before the Lord waiting for him to rescue me, for salvation comes from him alone. Yes, he alone is my rock, my rescuer, defense, and fortress. Why then should I tense with fear when trouble comes? The next couple of things we're going to be looking at is the silence of God and where it can lead us. The first place is repentance. Even if we've sinned, we just talked about that, and our communication with God is lost, there is hope. Second Chronicles seven fourteen states, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Second Chronicles 30 verse 9 reads, the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. The second thing that God's silence can lead us to is restoration. We must restore our first love to the Lord. Revelations 2, 4 states, But I have this against you, that you have abandoned your first love. The Living Bible states it like this, Yet there is one thing wrong. You don't love me like you did at first. We must restore our zeal and our love for the Lord. Revelations 3.19 reads, I correct and I discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. We must restore our commitment in this relationship with him. Ecclesiastes 5.4 states it like this, When you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through with it. God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises that you have made to him. God's silence can lead us to restoration. The third thing, God's silence should lead us to a reliance on him. We must rely and trust God's purpose and plan for our lives. Romans 8.28 states, 
We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. We must trust and rely on God's absolute character. Malachi 3, 6 reads, For I, the Lord, change not. We must be patient and wait for God's timing and for his will in our lives. Isaiah 8, 17 reads, I will wait for the Lord to help us, though he is hiding now. My only hope is in him. All right, we've looked at the whys. We've also talked about where God's silence can lead us. We're going to take just a few minutes to look at how should we respond to the silence of God. When we're in those times of difficulty, when we're in those times of trouble, and some people, and I've read articles on this, but some people even relate it to the darkness of the soul or a dark time of the soul. We all go through those periods. We all go through those times when, when we feel that there's a separation between us and the Lord, that we're praying and we're seeking and there's no answer. So what should we do in those times? I know those are times when the enemy will jump on us and ride us big time. Because we begin to doubt, we begin to live in fear because we feel like that the Lord is a million miles away. Well, the first thing that we need to do is we need to read his word. That It's here. Every, probably all of us have a Bible and we probably all of us have multiple Bibles. But when we're, when we're in that time of silence, we need to pick up the word and we need to read it and we need to digest it. We need to read it some more and on and on and on. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 states, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God speaks to us most particularly, most powerfully, most clearly through his word. It has promises that speak to us in our pain, Promises that remind us that God is always good, he is always at work, and he is always faithful to us. In the moments of our lives when God seems silent, open up his word and be reminded that he has spoken truthfully, he has spoken perfectly and clearly and sufficiently through the word. These are his thoughts, these are his desires, and he is revealing it to us. It's simply his voice in written form. So when God is silent, read his word. He will speak to you through that. The second thing that we can do when God seems silent is to trust his guidance. In the difficult times of life, when God is silent, trust his guidance. God's guidance is much more about his total sovereignty working in our ordinary everyday life than it is about this major revelation of our future. God's guidance is through the mundane and through the ordinary. He guides us by putting us through difficult circumstances that we may grow in wisdom and a deeper understanding and a deeper knowledge and a deeper revelation of him. And I want that in my life. I don't know about you, but I want that in my life. So how do we respond to God's silence? We trust that he is at work on our behalf at all times and in every situation and in every circumstance. Even though God may seem silent, trust him because he is faithful. The next thing that we need to do is that we need to persevere in prayer. A lot of times when we're going through situations and we're praying 
and we get discouraged because God hasn't answered. Um, we tend to slack off on our prayer life sometimes because we think, well, what is the reason for me to pray? Because God is not hearing me. God is not answering me. So maybe I just maybe should not even try. But that's not what the word of God tells us. In Luke 11, 5 through 9, Jesus emphasized the importance of persistence in prayer. And he says, and teaching them more about prayer, he uses this illustration Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You would shout up at him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing to give him to eat. Then he would call down from his bedroom, Please don't ask me to get up. The door's locked for the night and we're all in bed. I just can't help you at this time. Jesus goes on to say, But I tell you this, though he won't do it as a friend, you keep knocking long enough, he'll get up and give you everything that you want just because of your persistence. And so it is in prayer, you keep on asking, you will get. You keep on looking, you're going to find. You keep on knocking, it's going to open. The door will open. So keep praying, keep trusting, keep believing, don't give up because God is working on your situation and be assured that the silence will not last forever. God has a purpose. He has a plan for the silence. Keep praying and keep pursuing the face of God. He wants us to pursue him in prayer. The fourth thing is when God is silent, act in faith. In our moments of frustration and pain and we're crying out to the Lord, silence is surrounding us. He wants us to act in faith, to trust. Can you trust God? When he doesn't respond. How many of us have trouble with that? You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of us have trouble with that? But when we're in that time and in that moment and in that season, when we first go in it, we're trusting God, we're persevering in prayer, we're reading the Bible, God's going to give me an answer, God's going to see me through, and time goes on, and it doesn't come, and time goes on, and it doesn't come, and time goes on, and it doesn't come. How many of us can continue to trust him and continue to believe him and continue to believe his word and continue to believe that he is faithful and just? Or does our faith waver? When God is silent, it doesn't mean that he's inactive or he's ignoring us. He's really working on our situation in behind the scenes. And you know, whatever God is doing, it's good. You know? I heard Beth Moore say something one time and she said, she said, you can always count on that God's heart is good toward you. And that has carried me through so many things in my life because it is a characteristic of God. God's heart is good no matter what you're facing, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the trouble is, and no matter how silent God seems, his heart is always good toward you. And you, you can better believe he's working on your behalf for something good. Second Corinthians tells us, that we are called to live by faith, not by feelings or by sight. And I think a lot of times we are so emotionally driven. We are driven by our emotions and not by our faith. And so sometimes when we're in the midst of those trials and those dark places and the Lord isn't answering, um, we get discouraged and doubt becomes a part of our lives and even fear becomes a part of our lives. Again, go back to the word of God. Read the word, persist in prayer, and trust him. 
I've got a video that I want you all to watch. It's about five minutes long. Um, and I want you to take it, I want you to digest it. Um, it speaks of God's greatness, um, of his faithfulness to us, um, even in those times where we feel abandoned and uh, we feel lost. Jason, if you guys can play that for me, please. Everybody has a hero. Okay. Mine's my dad. Yes, I Since mom died, it's only been us. He has a way of filling my life with color. Dad, which one? Sometimes I don't understand his advice, but I trust him. And what always brought us together was our love for running. One day, I'll be faster than him. And when I am, I'm gonna win every marathon in the world. Abby? What's wrong, Chip? Or at least that was my plan. I'm losing my sight. To me, the lowest level that you can see on there. What it's called is interocular melanoma. Eye cancer. Unfortunately, you will lose your vision. That was the day my father disappeared. Dad! Wakey, wakey. Ready to run, champ? Come on. I thought he would always be there for me. I was wrong. Dad, where are you? Dad! <laughs> you abandoned me. Where are you, Dad? Where did you go? Do you not love me anymore? Am I still beautiful? Are you no longer proud of me? How could you leave me when I need you the most? Abby thinks I've left her. And as much as it pains me to hear that, she's right. I've left her. The best that we can do is can save the this? actual eyes so that cosmetically she doesn't lose them. That's my girl. That's my girl. That's my little girl. There's support groups, and I know this is a very difficult time. No! I've left her to realize she's more courageous than she ever imagined. I've left her to discover how beautiful she is from the inside out. I've left her to challenge herself in ways she never considered. I've left her to discover how strong she really is.
me. Dad. It's, it's me, baby. Why did you leave me? I was right here. I was always here. Where did you go? I was always here, baby. Listen, no one believes in you more than I do. Far you've come. My dad says he gave me what I needed, not what I wanted. Love is allowing someone to see their true worth and beauty. I used to think my dreams were over. I thought I'd never run again. And even though I can't see my dad, I know he's guiding me the entire way. If you'll stand with me, please, bow your heads. Church, in our times of distress and our times of difficulty, we may feel like, just like that little girl did, that that God is a million miles away, and we often interpret God's silence to mean that he's absent. But church, God has not abandoned you. Just like this video, he's right there beside you, even when he seems the most silent. The truth is, church, God's silence is an opportunity for him to draw us closer to him and that's what we desire that's what we want we want a greater revelation of who God is in our lives and in our hearts the truth is God is present with us in those times and moments of silence and you know what church that indicates his incredible incredible supreme love for us as Larry and the team begin to play something in the background. I've been praying about, Lord, how do we end the service? What, what do we do? What do I need to do? What, do, what needs to happen? And As we think about our lives and we think about the situation in our lives and the circumstances that we are facing, and maybe there are some of you that are at a point where you think that God is completely silent and that God seems that way to you. I want you first to examine your heart. 
want you to examine your heart before the Lord and see, is there sin in my life? Is that what is separating me from hearing the voice of God? Is that what is keeping me in silence of the Lord? Maybe you're one of those on-again, off-again Christians that just run to the Lord in, in a time of distress and a time of need, and then when all is well, you're back out. Maybe you're at a time where he's trying to grow you in the faith and in his word. If any of those things pertain to you this morning and you would like to come up and spend some time in prayer, the altars are open for you to do so. If you have a special need that you want someone to pray with you over, feel free to come up and we've got some leaders that can pray with you as well. I want you to leave here encouraged, church. I know the silence of God seems like a really hard topic, but it's not. It's really not. I have walked the road of silence more than once in my life, and God has been faithful, church. God has been faithful. And I promise you with everything that is within me, God will never leave you, and he will never forsake you because he's God and he loves you so incredibly and I can't say that enough and I can't say that deep enough and I can't say that hard enough but God loves you no matter what you're facing no matter what it looks like God loves you while the band sings a little bit in the background, if you want to come up and pray for a few minutes, you're welcome to. I can pray with you, or we can have some of the leadership team come up and pray. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus.